So you guys, as we have been really, really excited about pointing people to Jesus in the course of being a church that's from a church that's from a church that's from a church that is the church, for 16 years we have been um, out here in this valley joining what Jesus has already been doing. And he's been setting people free all over the place. With that, last year, we took time to focus entirely on what Jesus said, his gospels, his word, a lot that went along with it. But we just finished last week, and some of you are here and some of you weren't, and grateful that you're here today. But we looked at the fact that Jesus called his people to be his representatives, his body, his hands and feet, as it were, to the world. And he said, I'll fill you up. And he told them to wait. And he said he would fill them up with his own spirit. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit means that you're going to be like Jesus, that I get to be like Jesus. And so this whole year of 2024, by God's grace and according to whatever opportunities we have, we're going to look at what it means to be holy, holy, fully holy, to be like him. He didn't call us to kind of be like him or to sort of be like him, but on your own, at best, you're an image bearer. But with him, you're body of Christ. He's the head. You're the body. You get to rep him, show him off all over the place. And so with that, join me in 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. If you're not familiar with where 1 Peter is, you can go to the front of the Bible if you have an actual physical Bible. Or you could just, into your app there, put 1 Peter. But it's near the end. Get, you go to Revelation and turn back. About five books, you're going to see it. But 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. For me, it's been a lifelong motivational verse. It's going to be a focus for me along with Luke 19, 13. Do work till I return, Jesus said. Occupy until I return. Engage in business until I return. Don't just sit around. And so this one, though, 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, is a call to holiness. Listen to this. As obedient children, just can we stop for a second? How many parents do we have in the room? Do you like obedience from your children? <laughs> Somebody just like pulled a muscle with their hand up. I love it from my children. I don't always model it for my children. But it's not about my model. It's about what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and yet... As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Well, I just can't help it. I was made this way. Boys will be boys. Girls just want to have fun. You can't help it. Look at the background that I come from. Former ignorance. That means it's over. It's not there anymore. Don't conform to it. But as he who called you is holy... 
perfect, set apart, other than you also be holy. Check this one out. In all your conduct. Oh, is that all? Okay. Got it. Words, got it. Actions, got it. Giving, got it. Receiving, got it. All my conduct, I'm already holy. What next? No, this is a call to you and I. Called out by God who is holy, who is morally pure, separated from sin, to be consecrated to God. Set apart. How often do you need to commit to that, do you think? Second by second, hourly, once a week, daily. It's a daily death sentence. But for us, it is to be set apart, intentional, and we can't be perfect on our own, but we're perfect in Christ. And it just reminds us here in verse 16, since it's written, you shall be holy, God said, for I am holy. Again, not kind of holy. Not more or less holy, not holier than thou, but holy like he's holy. As you've heard me say over and over again, and you've said it probably over and over again to yourselves and to others, I can't do that one on my own. Amen. As a Christ one, you're not on your own. His spirit has empowered you. And so for the next eight weeks, we're going to take a look at what it means to be empowered out of the book of Acts. Because he doesn't just tell us to do so, he gives us the power to do so. His dynamis, his dynamite, his energy, his spirit. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and invariably many of you are going to be like, but you missed this, and you missed that, and you missed that, because I'm not the Holy Spirit. And if he's saying that to you, wonderful, and we can share that with each other, and I think that's really important but I won't put him in a box and neither should you. I take that back. There's days I'm going to put him in a box. So you can call me out on it, but please don't in doing so, you put him in a box and say, the only way he does that is through signs. The only way he does that is through people memorizing the word. The only way he does that is if everybody gets healed or everybody speaks tongues or everybody interprets or everybody has the gift of mercy. Holy smokes, Jesus is not limited by our viewpoint. And I don't want to do that. And I'll try sometimes. So you can call me on it, but I also want to ask you to let me and let others call you on trusting him. The great news is that these people didn't actually have the Bible. The Bible was happening, and they were writing it down. But they had the Holy Spirit. But for many people, they only had the Holy Spirit for particular times, for particular purposes. But Jesus said, let's just go to Luke 24, 44 through 49 for it. This is a little recap of last week, but the reality is it sets us up real nicely for this week about being empowered. Luke 24, 44 through 49. So Jesus, you might remember, was like, hey, it's me. And they're like, ah. And he's like, you got anything to eat? And then he showed himself that he's real. And then he says this to him, 44. 
These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So everything is written in what we call the Old Testament, their Bible, must be fulfilled. It was all about Jesus and still is. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. More on that in a second. And then he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Again, I've had a number of people let me know that I just give milk and I just keep talking about death and resurrection and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I have a lot that I talk about and you guys have also let me know about that. But the reality is, this is what Jesus says. That repentance for the forgiveness of sins, turning back to him, should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, he says. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Before we fully unpack that, let's look at a few things. And maybe you guys can remember, what are a few things that he said in there? What stands out to you that he said to them in that? Clothed with power. Witnesses, good. What else? What's that? Strength. Amen. That too. Good job. <laughs> Testify. Ooh, he opened their minds to understand scripture. How often do you read the Bible and go, huh? <laughs> Me too. But he opens our minds and we get to understand more. What else? These are all good. I have a few things that I'll have up on the screen, but what's that? That his word must be fulfilled, and it will be. Check out. These are just a few, and, and some of them are similar to what you said. First of all, he spoke. <laughs> Gosh, I love that so much. Okay, that's pretty simple. Yeah, he spoke. They have a chance to hear him speak, and so do we. It's written down for us. He opened their minds. He reminded them. He commissioned them. He promised them. And then he told them to stay. I'm blessed to have a, a dog in my life that um, has had a lot of things happen to her that have led her to need a lot of attention. And I say blessed because I get refined by that whole situation daily. But she's got a problem with her hip, and so I know that going up and down our stairs is not good for her. But she has a tendency that if our daughter Natalie isn't there, she's going to follow me. Kind of because I'm the big alpha dog in the house, so to speak. I'm sad that I'm as big as I am, but whatever. Let's work on that. But... It's my voice and all that. And so her name's Lola, and I started going down the stairs, and she started coming. I said, stay. Stay. I told her to stay not because I'm mean and not because I don't want her around me, but I want what's good for her. 
I don't want her to be hurt. I want her to get stronger. Jesus said all these things, and then he said, stay. Stay there until the power comes. Let's go to Acts. So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts. We're going to go to Acts 1, and we'll go 1 through 11, and I'll unpack it a little bit for you. But the guy who wrote the book of Acts is also the guy that wrote the book of Luke, and his name, wait for it, Luke. (laughs) It's really, really cool. And this whole thing, and I've been doing some reading. I can't really necessarily say I've been studying it crazily, I've definitely looked into it more than I ever have before. Luke was a physician. Many, many people have different views on where he was from, what he was doing. One of the things that's dawned on me is that as a physician, in that culture, very rich Roman citizens have their own personal physician that technically would be what we would call a slave. They would have called a servant. And so he maybe was a slave, was a doctor, and maybe the guy Theophilus that we're about to read about was his owner. Maybe. I don't know for sure. I know that he loved Theophilus. I know that Theophilus was a part of why he wrote the book of Luke and why he wrote the book of Acts. And so let's get to that, understanding that no matter what, there was a relationship between Luke and Theophilus. Theophilus may have been a Christian or may have been learning to be a Christian. Theophilus means lover of God. So Acts 1, and we'll go 1 through 5, and I'll just take a quick break, and then we'll finish the rest. In the first book, can you remember what the first book was? Good job. What Jesus said and did. In the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. As a quick little word for you, in the book of Acts, it continues what Jesus began. What he was doing and what he was teaching. And he continues to do this, as we'll see, through his Holy Spirit-filled church until the day when he was taken up after he'd given commands through the holy spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen messengers sent ones he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of god and while staying with them he ordered them not to depart from jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Casey Hyam, one of our elders, got a chance to teach on the 17th of December about the Holy Spirit. Among other things, he talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit indwells God's people. See more of that in just a minute. The Holy Spirit brings real life to God's people. See more of that in just a minute. But the Holy Spirit completes the work that Jesus began. 
not only will you see more about that in a minute, but you're seeing that unpacked in your own life today. And the Holy Spirit helps you and I to understand Jesus' teaching and brings us real shalom, oneness with God. If you're not feeling that, you might be having a bad day or you might not be filled with his spirit. You may not be a Christian. And if you're not today and you're sitting here, whoo, I'm so glad you're here. You're at church, for goodness sake, and you don't even know if you believe him. That's bold. Nice work. You're totally welcome here. We're glad you're here. Super thankful. And so here's Jesus. He tells them to wait. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. A number of people have a very, very strong view on what that is. To be baptized, baptizo, these two are going to get baptized pretty darn soon. I'm super excited about it. means to be immersed. To be immersed in the Holy Spirit, many people have said, has to look a particular way. And then they fill in whatever that blank is for them. Many people say you have to be able to speak in tongues. If you don't, then you're not baptized by the Holy Spirit. That happened three times. It's really cool, really wonderful, and can be very much a sign of the Holy Spirit. Prophesying, and prophesying something that's going to come to you. It could be wonderful. Not always, but it can be. But knowing Jesus and knowing his word and sharing his word, whoo, everybody can get in on that. And I love all that, and I'm not a cessationist where I think that God wants the Holy Spirit came and lived in everybody, and then we got the Bible that there's some gifts that are just locked down, never to be had again. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so we can have a debate, and we can argue with each other, and we can be mad at each other, and that's okay. I don't want us to be mad at each other, but we can talk about that. But I'm, I'm just telling you where I come from, and I know that many of you have and will tell me where you're coming from. And as one of the representatives of the leadership of the church, we don't put God in a box and say that he doesn't do things that way anymore. And we don't say that he always does it that way. Have you ever had God take your box and go, <laughs> me too. I could talk a whole lot more about that, but we could probably have some more individual conversations. But I think to be baptized by the Holy Spirit is to be filled with him. And I believe that that happens at salvation. There's other really cool signs that he does. But not only those things. Here we go. Verse 6. So what did he tell them to do? Stay and wait. Wait for the power. We know that's the Holy Spirit. So when they had come together, they asked him, "Uh, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They went political. And it's how we do it, and they're just trying to like, look, you're supposed to be like the Messiah, and you are, and you rose from the dead, and so are you going to come and restore the kingdom? And remember, he was already professing the kingdom of God to them, and what was the kingdom? His rule, his reign, in and through their lives. It was already there. No, but is Israel going to be in charge? Is Israel going to be better off now? He said to him, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Somebody besides me probably needs to hear that the authority is God's and God's alone. 
and he's fixed it. And he'll let some things be known and other things not. Listen to this. Verse 8, the linchpin, the outline, the takeaway of the entire book of Acts, right here, another commission from Jesus. It's very similar, obviously. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Really quick. What was going to allow them to be his witness? Holy Spirit. Who's the power coming from? Oh, no. It's got to be you and you memorizing Colossians 3. It's got, it's got to be you and the amount of money that you give. It's got to be you and you exercising your gifts. It's his power to be his witnesses here, there, and everywhere. As you go, as we looked at last week, as you go about your everyday life, my spirit will be in you, giving you power. You got this. Because I got this. Now verses 9 through 11. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. Not in praise, like, God's been good to me. Oh, God's always been good. Lift him up now. Come on, people. <laughs> no, he was physically lifted up. He was lifted up in their presence as he was saying these things. And then a cloud took them out of their sight. And I know that you guys have humored me already so far, so maybe just one more. Can we just one? <laughs> Keep track, bro. <laughs> Can we look up just real quick together? This is what they're doing. Jesus said all that he said, did all that he did. He'd been with them for 40 days, many proofs, as we read in Luke 24. And they're looking up. And a cloud hid them from their, from their sight, hid him from their sight. Does that mean they could see him anymore? Good job. Way to stay with me. So they're looking up. Check this out. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. <laughs> He's coming back. This is what I, I, I thought we could summarize what they said to him and what Jesus said to him. Wait, but don't just stand there. Wait for what God's saying and doing and for his power, but don't just stand there while you wait. Sometimes you do. Psalm 46, we need to be still and know that he's God. We need to rest. But for them... The angels are saying to these guys, look, don't just stand there. He's coming back. He's given you the power. He's told you what to do. Go wait, but wait well. And so a quick question I have for you is how can we wait well? I'm going to go to the Bible in the remaining time that we have after you guys share it to confirm or maybe to correct what we think 
But how do we wait well? Be in his word, absolutely. Prayer. Say it again. Proclaim the good news. Go about what he told you to do. Like, engage until I return. Do what I've told you to do until I come back. My grandfather has a joke that, well, he's with Jesus now, thank God. But before he was with Jesus, before he died and went to heaven and all that, he was just kind of a mean old guy and said some really terrible things. But one of the things that he'd say to my brothers and I is he, and he wasn't even following the Lord, he's like, hey, do you think Jesus said don't do anything until I get back? And I'm like, huh? And he's like, your mom told you to get out there and clean. Clean. God didn't tell you just to sit around. He wasn't even following the Lord, and he's proclaiming good stuff. So get ready. Jesus preaches through all kinds of different things in people. If he spoke through a donkey, then my grandfather was a donkey sometimes. And he's speaking through me to you today. Get ready, because he's got this, right? But he said to wait, but not just to sit around. How else can we wait well before we jump into the first part of the book of, well, the last part of the book of Luke, and then back to the front again? Come on, run the race before us. So we've got a life in front of us. We've got whatever we're allowed to see at least, right? But instead of focusing on what's just right here, we focus on the Lord. You guys, really quick, really, really quick. Can you hold four fingers in front of you? It's literally in front of your eyes. So look past those. Okay. How many fingers do you see? Yeah, there's a ton. Five, six, seven, eight. Right? There's this really cool picture in the movie Patch Adams where this guy says, four fingers become eight. And he's like, I don't get it. He goes, because you're focused on the problem. What... Patch was doing, he was looking at the four fingers right in front of him. He was trying to figure out, just how in the world can those become four? And this old man says to him, hey, stop looking at the problem. Look at me. And he's on the other side of the problem. And when he looks at him and looks through him, now he starts to see how it can become eight. Such a good word. How do we wait? Well, we fix our eyes on Jesus, not the problem, the solution. One of my challenges with recovery ministry is that we celebrate the recovery by talking about our problem over and over and over and over and over again. Don't ignore your problem, but focus on Jesus over and over and over and over and over again. Have victory in Christ Jesus. He's the one who fills you up to be powerful and to overcome. Are you not allowed to say, I'm Aaron, I'm an alcoholic? I guess so, but is that your identity? No, my name isn't Aaron. Okay, well, <laughs> put your name in there. But you guys, all jokes aside, I'm Aaron. I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. 
I'm Aaron. I'm new in Jesus. What are you, new? Yeah, every day. Every day. Have you done bad things? Have you been caught up? Have you had strongholds? Are you breathing? Of course. All those things are real about all of us, and yet that's not the biggest thing about us, unless that's all we focus on. Okay. So how do we wait well? All these things and so much more. One last one before we get going. Ooh, who just said that? Justin, me, somebody else. Who, who's taking credit for Justin? <laughs> oh, you, we'll, all, we'll give credit to God, so good job. Don't stop getting together. He said go and wait, not just by yourself. You go in your corner, you go in your corner, you come out. No, it's so beautiful. Be together. Trusting Jesus together, reminding each other together, taking the Lord's Supper together. Will you join me? Back at the end of Luke 24. Some of you are like, wait, you stopped at 49. Well, I got some more for you. Luke 24, 59, or 50 through 53. So in this story where we said it, he's like, look, wait, stay there in the city until you clothe the power from on high. Then we just read in the book of Acts that he was. They were there, and they were looking up, and he's like, hey, come on. He's coming back. Go. So this is where we pick that up. Verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Now, Luke doesn't talk about that part of where they're staring here he talks about it in the book of acts and we just read but then he says this and they worshiped him and returned to jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing god justin just said it right getting together not just the temple he's our temple excuse me we're his temple but the reality is gathering has become super optional and it never was to god well, I just don't like how they do this and how they do that. I don't like how we do what we do. And I'm part of the reason why we do it the way we do it. And we'll still be corrected over and over again. But we still get together. I don't like the way this is happening. Cool, what are you doing? Nothing. I like what we're doing better. Why well, just don't want to make mistakes? <laughs> You're gonna. So how can we wait well? Well, there's some hints there in Luke 24, 50 through 53. Worship, joy, continually in the temple, blessing God. Let's go back to the beginning of Luke 2. Now, I noticed something about us. We'll say Merry Christmas for weeks before Christmas. But if you dare say Merry Christmas after December 25th, you're a weirdo. Wait, you're supposed to bring down those lights. Come on, some of you had your lights up for 10 years. It's just how it is. <laughs> Maybe not on all the time, and it's just easier. I get it. Kathy, that wasn't an excuse. I'm going to do it. I, <laughs> okay. It's our anniversary. I was leaving them up to celebrate. <laughs> You good, David? (laughs) 
Luke 2, 25 through 38. Here's two Christmas characters that were actually never supposed to be necessarily part of just the Christmas story, but the story of God's people waiting well. So we'll learn from these guys, and I'll read it. Luke 2, 25 through 38. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Again, temporarily, for a particular purpose. Now we've got the Holy Spirit in us all the time, but he was listening and waiting and had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah of the world. I'm not sure how long before this moment when Jesus was being dedicated as a baby, I don't know how long before this that this man was told by the Holy Spirit, but it was before this sometime, and so he listened and he waited. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, Jesus, that you were prepared in the presence of all peoples, Jesus, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, Jesus, and for glory to your people, Israel, Jesus. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. I would have marveled at some dude taking my son and blessing God. That's part of it. They brought him to dedicate him to the Lord, and some old man grabs him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. He prophesied. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. That's such a kind way to say she was old. <laughs> Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, so they got married and they lived together seven years, and then she was a widow until she was 84, or another way to read that is that she was a widow for 84 years more. Either way, she was advanced in years. <laughs> she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. I know who he is. This guy. This little baby. How long did Israel have to wait to be set free? 32 years. They've been waiting for a long time. Do you know that they're still waiting? Not just Israel, but a number of people. They're expecting Jesus to be the king, 
they want him to be rather than the one he truly is. Are you waiting well? Here's a couple of things that we can learn from what it is. And I don't have fasting in there. I don't even have prayer in there. We've already mentioned that multiple times, but those things are in there as well. But here's some of the things that really stood out to me as I read Luke 24 and Luke 2, and I thought I would share with you. How do we wait well and learn from these guys? Obey God, first of all. Obey God. He's the one. Obey him and worship him. Mindy, can you throw that up there? Thank you so much. How about this one? Be joyful. What did we learn about joy? Just really quick. What is joy? It's of God. It's being blessed, right? It's about God. It's not just being happy. <laughs> Go ahead. What are you going to say, it, Joy? <laughs> this is Joy, by the way. Hi, Joy. <laughs> to be filled with joy is to be fulfilled with Jesus, to be content, to be satisfied, to be blessed by him. To bless God. What does it mean to bless God? Does anybody have a quick reminder of what it means to bless God? Honor him, follow him, love him. Thank him, listen to him, proclaim him. That's coming up. So give thanks to God. How easy is it for you to give thanks to God? Does it depend on the circumstance? You got room to grow. So do I. Thank God. All the time. And the final one that I have for you this morning is tell people about God. And so I ask you this morning, how do you move towards Jesus? What's your step to move towards Jesus, to move towards God, to be holy as he's holy? What are you going to do? Some of you need to just flat out confess that he's the Lord, not you. Not your circumstances, not your financial situation, not your church. He's the Lord. He's God. Confess with your mouth that he's the Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. And he will make you more and more like him because he's going to fill you with the power that is his spirit. And speaking of which, many of you have already done that and you've taken a break. You've waited but family, can I tell you, you haven't waited all that well. You're just waiting for him to do something amazing, I guess. And the reality is, he's continually doing it. He already is at work, and you can join him at work. You can join him at play. You can join him in traffic. You can join him when you're deciding, hmm, do I check out that image again? Or do I actually give myself over to the Lord instead? Do I shame somebody for sinning or do I say you can be set free? Church, there's so many things that I don't know all of them. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'll give you a short list. But you have a ton of things that the Lord is saying to you. May you have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to follow him and be an obedient child and not be conformed to the former ignorance that you once had, but instead 
as you come closer to Jesus, as you come nearer to God, that you find yourself more like him and less like you. And less like the world. And yet you get to be an individual that nobody else can be. The final thing, and I say this every time after this, move towards Jesus or step closer to God or whatever it might be. Tell people about him. Proclaim him. Do not keep the good news to yourself. Many of us don't share the good news because we're not sure it's good news. May I pray over us right now, Father God, for those that are falling asleep or that are spiritually falling asleep or that are quick to judge or quick to just sit it out. God, may we know the good news is good news. Jesus set us free, rose from the dead. The resurrection is power. The Holy Spirit is our power. And we have life. And may we proclaim it and not be ashamed. In your precious name, amen. So our daughter Tiana and son-in-law Domingo are at a church down in Newport called South Beach Church. That's a really cool church. Some really cool stuff going on down there. We were down there. We've been down there the last couple of spring breaks and just got a chance to go to church. And their pastor's name is Luke Frechette. And he has a tendency of saying this at some point or multiple points in his message. Do the next right thing. No excuses. That's what I encourage you with today. As we end, do the next right thing. No excuses. What has he called you to do? Walk in it. You're empowered by his spirit so you can be holy, holy. Be strong and be courageous and let it be contagious. Don't lose sight. God is your strength and your power. So go in it as you go. Proclaim the good news. Be the good news. Live the good news. Obey. He's got you. All right. God bless you. See you. Go get your kids. Okay. (laughs) Unless you're online. Then just hang out with them. (laughs)